0: Hello everyone, Brian here. Before we jump into the podcast, I just wanted to make a quick announcement. Trek Movie will be doing a panel at the 56-year mission convention in Las Vegas that is coming up starting this Thursday. The topic will be the state of Trek, where we will obviously talk about the goings-on, the many goings-on in the Star Trek universe right now. It will be at 2.15 p.m., at the DeForest Kelly Theater, and it will feature Anthony Pascal and Lori Ulster from the All Access Podcast, and from the ShuttlePod, Kayla and Matt, and depending on the travel situation, possibly me. So if you happen to be in the convention, come on by. And without further ado, here is our newest podcast episode about the one and only James Tiberius Kirk. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Shuttle Pod. This is episode number 109. Not including what, Kayla?
1: Not including supplementals or reviews.
0: That's right. So it's actually probably around 140, something like that. I am Brian Drew, and I am here with Kelly Iacovino. Hey, everybody. Matt Wright. Hey, guys. And our special guest star, direct from the All Access podcast... Ms. Lori Ulster. Welcome back, Lori.
2: (laughs) Hi. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Thanks for coming. Yeah. Great to have you, Lori. Great to have you.
2: It's a good topic. I'm ready. Yes.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so we are going to speak today about the character of James Kirk, um, our feelings about who he is and the misconceptions that may be out there about the character. Part of this was sprung out of Laurie's article, which you can find at StarTrek.com, which we will link to in the post for this um, podcast. Um, And part of it is just quotes we've been seeing from creative folks, some Twitter folks on Twitter who, you know, hear one thing and then watch the show and see something completely different. So we just wanted to basically just get our thoughts out there and, and perhaps, you know, clarify what we think. Who we think the character is.
2: Debunk. Maybe debunk a little.
3: That's the word. I was going to say. We're hoping to debunk some sort of pop culture myths, let's say. Yeah.
1: Well, it's just really ingrained thing now. The character's been around for so Mm -hmm. long. And the stereotype of the character has been around for almost as long. And I think even people who are really big fans don't stop to question that stereotype. Of course, we're talking about, you know. Kirk being machismo, being a frat boy, being womanizer. a womanizer. That's the one that I hate the most because it yeah. seems like it's like this this purposefully negative thing. Yeah. But yeah. it's like that. that's who he is to the zeitgeist in general, I think, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I,
3: I would agree with that. Yeah. And
2: also this vision that he just jumps in and does things without thinking about it. And mm, even when yeah. he jumps in and True. does things, he's definitely been thinking about it.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, he uses his gut, you know, his instinct, his kind of gut instinct, but that doesn't mean it's not thought out, right? It doesn't mean he hasn't considered other options, whatever. And then he goes with his gut because by the way, his guts are pretty good. Like he's got a pretty good gut. Yeah. He's got (laughs) a good track record there. So, I mean, (laughs) so yeah, but yeah, where do we want to start? what what specifically I mean, do you want to kind of I mean start
1: I think with? it's worth laying out like real quickly like sort of what I started with is what are all the misconceptions yeah, and let's then do that. what's the reality and then we can right. go into the details of yeah why like proving that proving our thesis <laughs> yes. yes yes
0: go for it who wants to start well I mean obviously the notion that Kirk is like this womanizer who you know has a girl in every port and uh, you know is mm-hmm. sleeping around constantly Does he have some physical relationships during the original show? Yeah, I'm not so sure that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, Right.
2: I mean, when you look at how many episodes—so seventy-nine episodes. Yeah. There aren't that many in the in the. No, and some of them are
0: genuine relationships. Like you know, I mean, there's a few flings in there. His his fling with Helen Noel and Dagger of the Mind is clearly a fling. That that is a fling and a half. Well, that is a one night stand. Yeah, that it's yeah, not yeah. Even, it is.
2: That's not even a fling. No, that's well, a one night you kind of then, get then, the
0: impression that they were both kind of drunk and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah, well, yeah. and then the other thing is weird. you have to remember is
3: is that it was a lot less than it appeared to be because remember they manipulate the whole situation. That's true to make it seem more important and more went on than it did. Than it did, and yeah. so I think people forget that that like this. Half of that is fiction to right. test Dr. Adams you know, the whole
0: thing, with yeah, with Adams,
3: Dr. Adams yeah. to test that, you know, mind
1: sure, yeah. zapping
3: thing. And so, really, yeah, it sounds like they may have flirted. Maybe they made out a little at the lab party or whatever. Uh, but that's it. Was right? it appropriate oh, for him su- to do that? No,
2: I no. assume they slept together, though. I, it I more think that's made part of the little.
0: fiction that they added to it, but I'm not sure. You know, it's I don't know the clear. way he, the way he reacts when he sees her makes him very uncomfortable. Uh, she's in the true. True. room, he gets that is kind
3: of a oh, so. morning after, like whoops, yeah, hey, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah.
2: <and> <laughs> like now that I think about it, when she's giving him the suggestion, doesn't she say, "Oh." You took me home. Let's say you took me home from the party, yeah, or something. Yeah. So you're she right. Does. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they did. Just make out at I, the party. That's.
3: I think it was a lot more innocent. Again, like like Brian said, there's still a major power differential problem there. Like the captain yeah. making out with a, yeah. you know, one of his officers. Officer. Yeah, but but it's not nearly as harmful as like it's sort of built up to be.
1: Well, and right, I've, so. I've got to say, I think right off the bat, we're, we're starting with like the worst example in terms of <laughs> yes, like, it is. like yeah. we're like he's totally well, I, out yeah, of I, a moment, except that one time he like suddenly totally hit on. Yeah, no, but I
4: agree.
1: I, I always thought that episode, and I, I this is going to sound a little bit like a cop out, but I really, honestly, also always felt that that aspect of that episode was very out of place and very out of character, even when I was a lot younger watching the episode for the first time, I'm like, this is weird. Like, first of all, they had like a Christmas party, which is weird. That part yeah. makes
3: no sense. Yeah. And then yeah. you could tell it's early on. Yes, yeah, it's exactly. Early it's early
1: yeah. on. And there's a lot of examples of that, right. Especially in TOS where they hadn't, they, they, they didn't have a show Bible. They didn't have, you know, they had well, a they lot had more a Bible. play. They had a
0: Bible. Well, it well was not just in the loose. same way that like yeah.
1: DS9 had a Bible, right. right. And in right. terms of like, they didn't, every aspect of the character wasn't set in stone and every, right. you know, cause there were different writers with different takes and it was a lot looser as far as star Trek goes. Cause star Trek right. is known for being like very strict with that stuff. And obviously at the beginning it wasn't cause it didn't have a legacy to uphold. So I kind of, you could say the listener, dear listener, tell me if you think this is unfair, but I would put this one actually to the side and say that this is not, this does not exemplify him. And that the, no, the other I examples agree, yeah. we have... So, Brian, ahead of our recording, went and, and wrote down all of the episodes where Kirk is involved with women
0: or um, that we see. Or, yeah, that feel like actual interactions and not, like, you know... Yeah. There's a couple of smaller roles where he, like, in Brennan's Circuses where he ends up...
3: And see, but that's, that's the, the that classic, that, like... You know. That's the classic, like, leading man of the 60s slash James Bond kind of trip, where you romance a little something to get out of a situation or to get something. Right. That's and there's not a bunch like of a that real, and there's a bunch
0: of that here. Like yeah. I I could put on the list the reason Helen Noel is first is because I did this in chronological order.
3: No.
1: Yeah. Fair. Well yeah. and
3: and it's and it's really important to also debunk this thing that Helen Noel really was just some flirtation at a party. Right. Everything else is fiction planted. And, right. and so Laura you're totally yeah, correct. I just went and yeah. looked up the the uh, transcript of like the episode. And so she says at the Christmas party we met we danced you talked about the stars that's what really happened so they flirted that's all that happened that's right. all that happened Incredible. she said, and then she says I suggest now that it happened in a different way you swept me off my feet and carried me to your cabin just there like you, you said which is what <laughs> so they show. I mean which and is the what other they thing, show in their minds but that's right. not really what happened yeah.
2: and the other thing that sort of fits into the dismissal theory of chaos <laughs> is that <laughs> she's supposed to be a psychiatrist yeah and she picks that that's a super weird thing for her to choose
4: And yeah, she if it's makes inappropriate it, and on her she, end. She's
2: also been like it's a bad I mean, sorry, I love Helen Noel, but she's a terrible therapist because you yeah. know at the beginning when Kirk's like, there's something wrong with that person, she's like, no, it's fine. This place <laughs> is so, great. Oh, yeah. So, so I feel like her judgment is kind <laughs> yeah.
0: of Dr.
3: Adams is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, this place is amazing. Ex- except for the person devoid of all life like in the behind their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. There's yeah. No, and
2: her name is Lefe. Like there's Yeah, Lefe,
4: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's <laughs>
2: it's a dead giveaway, but I think she and she's the one who's like, even on the transporter platform before they go, she's like all winky and smile. Oh yeah. And- yep. oh, yeah. So she's very. She, I would say yeah. she's far more inappropriate than he is. Yeah. And right, unfortunately
3: that's just them, you know, writing a sort of flirty woman in the sixties way. And like, a
0: very early and in a right. very early episode of the series. Cause you never early. see another interaction like that throughout no. the rest of the show.
4: Yeah.
1: So if I may, before we get too quickly into the list of relationships and things like that, I wonder if it's worth now saying, like because I don't think we've said it articulately yet is who is Kirk if he's not womanizer ah, good if he's point. not yes yeah, so I was gonna,
0: right I was gonna bring that up in my mind, he's just a very intensely driven overachiever who essentially gave up everything else that he could be experiencing in life in order to be a starship captain I agree yeah. um. And I think it's why he has a lot of broken relationships with women.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's why I think he grabs tenderness sometimes where he can find it because it doesn't it's not a, he doesn't have it in his day to day life. And I think he acknowledges that And one of the few really poignant scenes in Generations is when he's with Picard and he goes, you know, it was a time when I couldn't see past my own uniform. And what did it get me but an empty house? Right. So I feel like this is a lot of what he is is simply shot through this person who is extremely ambitious and found something that so satisfied him as a human being that right the, rest, this is the things on the everything else kind of takes second position. Mm-hmm.
2: Which that's my say, view of Kirk. They say that over and over, like it's in the Naked Time mm-hmm. when he yep. talks about it. And and it's his cure for Alana of Troyus. Like mm-hmm. his great love is is the Enterprise. Is the Enterprise, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And
0: in yeah. paradise syndrome too. He doesn't want to leave the Enterprise.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He loves her.
0: And, and like you said, he's driven because remember, like
3: Kirk and, and we like they kind of trot this out sometimes, but we we also forget that like he it was young one of the youngest, if not the youngest ever, to be captain in,
0: of a, a Constitution combat. class ship. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: And so, you know, he's super driven and then to get up to this, you know, one of the 12 sort of top, you know, exploration ships in Starfleet is kind of amazing, right? I mean, yes, yeah. His peers are all 50 and he's like 32 or whatever. Yep. 35, right? He's 34, like 35.
0: 35, something like yeah, that. Yeah, somewhere in
3: there. So <clears throat> that's amazing, you know?
1: And so in that way, I think he could come across to some, particularly his older colleagues as brash and arrogant, but in reality those people are probably more threatened by his ambition. You know, I would argue that that Mm -hmm. that's ambition and drive. Like like Brian says, he's an overachiever. And I really (laughs) want to credit you guys, I think particularly Brian, for actually making me rethink the character of Kirk, Um, you know, probably several years ago now, but definitely throughout the podcast as we've all talked about him. um, I think I also just went along with this idea of him as the frat boy, I'm just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Cause you see these clips, they'll string together clips of him kissing women. And then you, when you actually think about it, you're like, okay, well actually he like was being forced to kiss her and didn't even want to. And that's sort of a rapey vibe, you know, and that's like totally yeah. inappropriate that they're casting this as him being a womanizer. Um, but one of my favorite things that, that we've talked about, I'm sure before on this podcast is the quote, I'm sure going to get it wrong, but that he was a stack of books with legs. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that that and the idea that you just said that he was one of, if not the youngest, captain to ever captain a Constitution class ship, like that is a different. That's a different Kirk than than that reputation allows him. Yes, stack yes. a book with legs. It's right here in your article, Lori. He was described by close pal Gary, Gary Mitchell as a stack of book with legs. Mitchell added that at Starfleet Academy. The first thing I ever heard from upperclassmen was watch out for Lieutenant Kirk in his class. You either think or think
0: sink or sink. Like, he's yeah. a
1: thoughtful man. He's smart. He breaks the rules, but it's because he knows the rules so well. Like he's read the book and he knows he can make the, the informed decision of where to break the rule or where to bend the rule. because yeah. He's thought about it. It's not just him being brash. Yeah. And uh, he yeah, never totally. just
2: accepts how things are supposed to be, which is a really admirable quality.
0: And he get you know, and his his uh, driven nature when he was at the academy got him bullied. Finnegan, is a bully. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Kirk, Kirk Kirk tells McCoy. Kirk tells McCoy that he was absolutely grim when he was at the academy. Right. Like he was just extremely you know driven to get where he needed to go to the exclusion of all else. And Finnegan exploited that and bullied him for it.
1: Yep. There's definitely a story in there for the Star Trek nerd who finds themselves you know, labeled as that, as like a nerd, someone different, ostracized, who's like book smart, likes reading. Like that's who Kirk was. And he grew up to be this guy who you see as like an action hero, almost. Like he has that sort of gravitas. And mm-hmm. he came from this place of of bookworm nerd, which is also pretty cool. And I think like people who know the character well, mm-hmm. but at least for like myself, it's something I, I like that idea of that, you know the nerdery is what got him so far yeah yeah Yeah, it wasn't
2: being aggressive and and pushy it was being really smart and really great at what he did
4: Yeah. yeah
3: like and he's obviously also just like a decent person he's also charismatic like all these good things that come together you know and it's like okay so he worked really hard he's charismatic like you know he's a natural leader he works really hard like None of that is. Oh, he just breezed by and you know blasted his way through things like impulsively. Like no, no, no. None of that. None of this supports that.
0: You know. No. So no. And even the disobeying of orders, which we can get into later, is also overblown. Oh yeah. Can, we can talk also, about. The... They all
2: disobey orders, and
0: They're they all different. do. That's right. They yeah. all do it. I mean, this is yeah. a TV show. If you don't disobey orders once in a while, you're not going to have. <laughs> it's <time>. very boring. <laughs> you know? Know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the prime directive is a whole other thing, but. Yeah, that's a I, whole nother.
3: But, other but, thing. but I'm of the
0: belief that the Prime Directive would is a is something that uh, would be very practical and important to have if you if the Starship Enterprise really existed and was out in space. But as a TV <laughs> thing, it's kind of this. It's just kind of this stupid roadblock that they put there that they go through anyway.
3: Right. They have to work around every time. Yeah. So
0: yeah. it's just like okay, the non-interference directive, but <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, so. Um, anyway, I went off on a tangent there. Sorry about that.
2: So, should we keep talking about his women?
0: Yeah, I mean, we could talk about um, the women. We don't have to go necessarily one by one, but like, well, Nor Caridian was the next on the list from "The Conscience of the King."
3: Yeah, this and that's kind of weird too. That
0: actually. one's weird because Kirk is actually, and you, and this is a deleted scene, by the way, on the in the Roddenberry uh, the vault, the vault. Where you where it's even more spelled out that the two of them are both trying to get in that they're both there's like a power thing going on there between the two of them they're both trying to they both know what's going on in that. I scene. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, granted, obviously this isn't on camera. It was a it was a cutting room floor, floor thing, but like Kirk in the TV in the, in the episode itself, Kirk is clearly romancing her in order to get closer to yeah, to, her to, barber, An, yeah. to Anton. Yeah. Yeah because she thinks he, he thinks he's Kodos. So like to me this is not this is some this is not really so much a romance as it is a it, part of his job really or yeah. maybe part of his personal quest to, to bring Caridian and, to justice.
2: And she even says even in what wasn't cut. She has this thing about like all oh, that power surging and throbbing. Like she's yeah. definitely playing
4: this. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, oh so no, yeah, oh But yeah. like I say, <laughs> the, if,
0: if you look up the deleted scene though, it's very clear when you're watching the deleted yeah. scene that they are fully aware of what both of them are aware of what the other's doing. Um. So I don't want to call that a kiss. Edith Keeler is next. Of course, and Edith that's Keeler, a huge one. soulmate. Yeah, is yeah. a soulmate. Yeah, it's like the love of his life, probably. So I. I and they they were probably we don't know how long they were actually in nineteen thirties Earth. It's it's possible they were there for a while,
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: you know. Um, and
2: what he loved about her was her ideas. That's yeah. what he loved. She's he loved a visionary. everything she had to say and all the thoughts going through her head. Like it was such a such a true love that wasn't. Oh, there's a haughty I yeah. find
0: I find her most uncommon, Mister Spock. Yes. <laughs> yes. indeed.
2: And every time I rewatch that episode, I become more aware of how they really are soulmates who should be together
0: that speech she gives about you know the days worth living for and all that and
2: And he tells the guy next to him like shut up yeah when he starts to to get wise
0: yeah Yeah, he doesn't want it yeah when she's he's about to make a sexist remark and he's like shut Mm -hmm. up shut up yep shut up
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah
0: and there was some other silly, speaking of manipulations, like Sylvia from Cat's Paw. I don't even know if I would call that a relationship. Someone no, as that's 100%.
3: As it's Kirk trying to manipulate yeah. an
0: alien into kind of falling apart, which is another yep. trope from the original series. Yeah. Like Colinda from... Yeah, I, she the name, falls same under thing, that for sure. Same yeah. thing. Um, Elon of Troyes is a little different because Kirk is kind of drugged. Yeah.
3: And Not as we talked kind of. about... He is, yeah. Yeah. As we talked about, he shakes off his love for the Enterprise. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: And he's fighting it the whole time. You know, he fights it and then he can't fight it anymore. Yeah.
0: And then you've got like Marlena Moreau in Mirror Mirror, which we don't really know much about that because that's actually happening. Well, it's it's clear the Mirror Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. It's clear clear that the Mirror Kirk had a relationship with her. But yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he enjoys a little passionate uh, kiss with her but you know but again there's not a lot of like yeah there's nothing evidence of physical or... relationships there is one ev- of evidence <laughs> yes there is in wink <laughs> of an eye yep yes Dila. i mean they they talk about i forget the exact context but they talk about going, retiring to kirk's quarters and then they cut away to another scene and then when they come back She's prepping her hair and Kirk's putting his boots back boots on. Back yeah. on. It's, yeah. very, it's the one. So where
1: it's, it's very, very obvious. obvious. But it's he's very also obvious. like basically under her control. He is. At that point. So that's he another is. one that's not like he went out to conquest. No, no, no.
0: no that's true. That is she true. was
2: kissing him before he could see her.
0: Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's right. So He's there so she, the bridge like, like He's oh. a
2: victim.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. like,
2: like he feels it in front of his lips and he hears yeah. it buzzing. And then she says to him, it was quite delightful kissing you when you couldn't see me, which is would be super weird if the genders yeah. were switched on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. And then, so that, to me, that was just... It was more like a Charlie's Angels moment than anything else. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> like these are Charlie's what I call Charlie's Angels moments because they would go and be like all sexy to get the guy to do something. And I'm like, right. like yeah, was doing the same thing. Yeah, this is all that was same thing.
3: Thing. Right. 60s, yeah. 70s t-
0: TV trope. Yeah, yeah. which and, not, yeah, and some of this of stuff choice. is definitely, and some of this stuff is definitely born out of the era the show was produced yeah. in. There's no question. There's no question. Um, one other good example of a of a strong relationship that was with Miramani. Again, we don't know yeah. how long Kirk was on that yeah. planet. Mm-hmm. At least a couple of months if not yeah, at longer. Least. At,
2: yeah. I think at least I think it's the lo- I think in, it's the longest time period covered in an episode
0: of Star yeah. Trek period, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like so. months. It goes on for months, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. months. Yeah. And I mean, he are-
2: loves her. He's re- he's ready yeah. to settle down. Like he that he feels a happiness he's never felt before. Right.
0: And <laughs> yeah. And because he doesn't remember who he was, he doesn't have all the other Baggage. things to baggage to distract him and and keep him away from this and so maybe it's a more honest reaction emotional reaction because he doesn't know about the enterprise and right his career and anything else yeah
2: and right he's dreaming of it but that's it
0: right yeah. right mm-hmm. so and that's a sad ending to that episode it's not a great episode but it does it is it does have its sweet moments yeah
1: people hate yeah. that episode i kind of like it
0: oh it's i don't it's, really so like it, but, it's so hamfisted it's so silly and yeah, there the, there are cool ideas in it though like the preservers and stuff like that is an interesting idea and because like they they try to rationalize why there were so many humanoid races in the milky way galaxy you know mm. that they were being planted i mean you know it's to rationalize a, a tv convention obviously but like you know because you got human beings are going to be playing the aliens but like at least they try to rationalize it somehow that, you know, this race just basically found a species and decided they liked it enough to plant it all over the galaxy. So that's fine. Yeah, there
2: are just some big dopey holes in that one that makes oh, yeah. it challenging. Oh, yeah. Like, we have to leave and go stop the asteroid. We'll leave somebody else down to look for Kirk. And they just
0: yeah. don't do yeah. that. So. Well, that was, that, that was the third <laughs> they didn't season. Have the that budget the third, to do that. That was the third season. <laughs> yeah.
4: that, was, that was the third season. So yeah. enough said oh, about boy. that. Yeah.
3: But we should talk about the more meaningful ones that we. Yes, yeah, so I was just about to
0: say. Let's segue yeah. into that. I mean, I, all the the women that you run across in the the three seasons of the show and in the feature films, all of his women, he's had long term relationships with in yep. his past that we you know we didn't get to see: a real Shaw, Janice Wallace, um, Janet Wallace, uh, Janice Lester, and Carol Marcus. I mean, these are all high powered career mm-hmm. women. Yeah, they're mean, every, All of them except for one is a doctor, <laughs> and, yeah. the, and that one's a lawyer. So you right, real sure is a lawyer. So it's like his you know, Jewish
2: th- parents would be so excited.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is Kirk canonically Jewish? No, no,
0: because uh, he's like yeah, he's kind of a Midwest, he's a Midwest guy. kind of a yeah. WASPy yeah. type of dude. Yeah.
1: yeah, and they stray away from religion a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they don't really. Yeah, they don't care. So I mean, for if he were this grand womanizer of the world, I doubt he'd be ch- he'd be forming these deep relationships, that long term relationships with, with with very accomplished, high powered, powered you know, women, <laughs> <high-powered> <laughs> women.
3: <laughs> who would not put up with
0: BS, right? You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So I mean, so that pokes a hole in that, in my opinion. I agree. Anybody else have anything to say about that? I,
2: well, I mean, I just I think that the. Incorrect view of him is that he's roaming around looking for these opportunities, which they then transferred to Riker on Next Generation, sure. right. and yeah. sometimes Riker was a bit like that for sure, like especially oh, like, like, like season hey, one
0: Riker. One. Uh, they, they wrote yes. him. They wrote him at times <laughs> to act like a player,
2: right? Yeah. Like, you're right. Season one Riker, especially, but Kurt's not that guy who walked into a room and looked around for the
0: conquest. Right? Well, right. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He could he could be flirtatious, but yeah.
3: Sure. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's like look at that scene in Court Martial where he walks into the starbase bar. Is he hitting on women? No. He goes up to like his his former like classmates, talks to them, and then is kind of stunned to see Ariel Shaw, and he's right. and then he flirts with her because that's his ex that he has a good relation a good relationship with by
0: the right. way right he's on yeah. good terms yeah you know what it is too i think a lot of these with a lot of these folks i mean everybody's career driven and these are all right yeah so these maybe 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 the they, maybe the relationships weren't meant to last forever and you know right everybody kind of they split on careers. good terms yeah yeah, yeah.
2: no one yeah. with carol marcus too like she kept their son separate because she didn't want him to go pursue that but it didn't seem you know he he wasn't the one who abandoned. No. Him, right. And no. she knew who he was, and right. she was good with it. And she knew who she was, and she wanted her right. son with. He them. said, right. "Right."
0: He said to her, "I did what you wanted. I stayed away." Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that seems also like a very adult relationship.
0: Yeah. Very. Yeah, oh, I agree oh, with that. Jim Kirk and Carol Marcus, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But- Carol, it would have been fun to see more of him and Carol. Yes. Yeah. You know,
3: I, like like she's totally just like gone in Star Trek three for no reason.
0: Oh, no, they you know didn't. What I mean? They didn't need another character. That's why I know. But you know, the whole thing a quick of, like, cameo would have been nice. Though. A quick cameo would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking earlier about, you know, this notion that he's like this renegade that yes. constantly disobeys orders and so on. Um, it's not really borne out all that much. No. If you're talking about disobeying direct orders, he disobeys direct orders in a mock time because he's they're supposed to yeah. go to some sort of ceremony and he goes to Vulcan instead. Yeah in uh, obsession he just doesn't care about anything or anyone except yep. dealing with that cloud creature.
3: Hence the title.
0: <laughs> right. And and obviously the big one is yeah. Search for Spock. Right. Stealing the Enterprise, going to Genesis. Destroying the Enterprise. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Destroying the Enterprise. Yeah. But
2: otherwise I feel like he always tries to find ways to do what he needs to do with a little wiggle room. Like he's sure. He's always looking like, how can I, without violating this, how can I do that? And he does it successfully most, you know, almost all the time.
0: He is a creative thinker. Yeah. And Definitely. He, he beat the Kobayashi yeah. Muru by Maru by reprogramming the simulation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got a commendation, got a commendation for original thinking. <laughs> yes, he did.
2: As well, he should.
0: So yeah. I don't know if I buy into that. I mean, they also, I think it gets reemphasized because Chang throws that in his face at the trial. Right.
3: Yes. Yeah. That does sort of come back. That's right.
0: You know, yeah, I think that they kind of try to paint, but, but it's just, there's just not borne out a lot in the, in, in the show that he's like some like renegade madman who just does what he wants. It's just not there. It's not there.
2: Right, Like he is an explorer. So yeah. he is, Going to new frontiers and having to make decisions that are unprecedented. Right,
0: that's Correct. the other thing. That's the other thing. They are out on the frontier. Right, which is something I think gets lost in a lot of the subsequent Star Trek shows, like which feel does, like yeah. they're you know mm-hmm. they're a little, the the universe is a bit smaller. Um, yeah, they're away. And it's something that Enterprise should have emphasized more and didn't. But that's yeah. a whole other topic. But the fact that you yeah you're you're representing Federation and Starfleet and there are times when you know, and they emphasize this. I mean, it always depended on the plot, but sometimes you would not get answers to, you know, questions about orders for yep. days or weeks, yeah, right, because you were so far away. So yeah, I mean, that's why being the command of a of being a starship captain is such a highly prestigious and difficult post because right, you Cause, are just you're
3: empowered to make tough calls. You, are, you are the representative. Be. Yeah, yeah. If you can't get back, you know, here from Starfleet. and You know, three days to get a message. Guess what? And you're empowered to do something if there's a situation, you know? Like,
4: (laughs) it's And there's
2: there's no playbook to follow. No. Nobody's done these things before. Yeah. Right. And he's always protecting his crew, which is his primary responsibility. That's right. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we can talk now about how, you know, the prime directive was sort of, you know, bent and circumnavigated and. Whatever but else. as
3: but as we sort of mentioned earlier, every captain does that. Yeah, that's they the all funny do. part. They've yeah. all done it, and so it's not really fair to be like, "Oh, Kirk's totally the rule breaker," you know. No, yeah. everybody bends the prime directive.
0: Yeah, yeah as
2: I was just watching Voyager's Equinox, and there's a great conversation mm-hmm. she has with Ransom, where he says, "How many times have you broken the prime directive?" And she says, "Broken it, never bent it. Sure." Sure. <laughs> yeah
4: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah um as we were we were discussing this a little bit before we started recording the prime directive is like an, it would be an important thing if the enterprise was real and Starfleet and Federation and everything else but in the conventions of a TV show it's just like the silly roadblock that they just have to bulldoze past eventually right you know it is I mean I grant I, yeah. I understand why you would have it in the show but at the same time it is a bit silly.
2: Well, it gave them some creative things to do. Like, we'll just turn off the power for a minute and that'll freak everyone out. Or You know, they did. Right. They tried different things. But then using the phasers to knock out everybody within a one block radius and piece of the action. <laughs> was, yeah. Um, you know. No yeah,
0: stuff. that was not advisable.
1: No. I think I like the Prime Directive as a storytelling device, too. And like, because if you didn't have it, then you know, the Federation would be seen as these people sort of bulldozing their way into other places and imposing their own ideals on other societies. And that's not good. No, no, I agree. in the
2: stories, it gave them a reason to not just barrel in and do what they, and it made things more challenging.
1: And, And there were several instances where, you know, the question of do we violate the prime directive or is this thing that we want to do a violation of the prime directive was the struggle central to the story. So it also was a vehicle for creating those and of course you can't use that over and over and over again. So other times they just have to go through it like you said, but it did, it did create the opportunity for that drama yeah. too.
3: Yeah. And good philosophical discussions often popped up around right. the should yep. we, you know, question. Well, like yeah. I said, I,
0: I I don't I think it should be there, but it as a storytelling device it gets old kind of quickly because <laughs> You right. don't have the story. I mean, yeah, you can examine, like you were just saying, you could examine, the, you know, when it's appropriate to, when it's not, and have those discussions. But you can only do that so many times. Yes. Yeah, you can't yeah. stop
3: every episode and have yeah, a deep so. discussion. Yeah,
0: but yeah, but yeah, Kirk was Kirk based on what the prime directive is, though. Kirk is a flagrant violator.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh
4: yeah. Sure.
1: <laughs> well, I think to be fair to Kirk, you know, it gets more defined as time went on, you know, chronology right. pr- mm-hmm. time in, in in the in the real world. Where, you know, from the first episode of TOS, it wasn't the mm-hmm. Prime Directive, perhaps, as we know it, until right. until much later. So, you know, how many of those violations were before and before that became part of the, you know, show Bible?
4: Right, right.
2: Right. It got more specific as time went on. Yeah. Right, right.
3: And for whatever it's worth, and I think this isn't like a terrible idea, is I kind of like that in Strange New Worlds, there's sort of... Making that canonical, which is that it was it really was less defined in sort of the early to mid twenty third century, and they start to define it, you know. Um, so they even say like like there's I forget which which one in the first season of Stranger Worlds, but they even just call it the Dawn Interference Directive, and then mention that Starfleet is thinking about codifying it. As the prime directive. Right. Right. You know, and so it's not even like a hard and fast thing yet. So they're kind of making that, you know, the real world, right? The real world fact that it just wasn't
1: clarified yet as
3: they were writing season one of TOS. And they're almost kind of canonizing it, which is actually like, it's all right by me. Like, Mm -hmm. it just shows that, yeah, that really wasn't a hard, you know, strict, hard rule uh, yet. And now it's sort of officially true <laughs> that it wasn't, and so yeah, it's good. Um, and and I think we should say that where a lot of for newer fans especially, where a lot of this idea comes from is uh, a Kirk who grew up in a very different way, which is Kirk from the Kelvin universe, right? Is much more mm. like the stereotypes. yes. Oh, even yeah. then, he's even then he is not the stereotypes, but he's l- more like it. He's the uh, womanizing stereotype for yeah, sure. He oh yeah, for sure. And he's also uh, certainly uh, the rule breaker at least to start with. Yeah. I mean, yep. what do they call him? He's the only repeat level like genius level offender or something like genius. Ah yes, genius, genius, genius.
0: Of course,
3: mm, because everyone has to be. Because uh, everyone has to be, everyone has yeah. to be yeah.
1: special and yeah. Yeah. Um, preordained. Anyway,
3: so so he's this bright guy who's not applying himself is basically the short version of what they're trying to say in Star Trek oh nine. Yeah, um, which is not. Which is you know prime but No, so he he grew up of course no father right apparently, uh, you know whatever it is his mom is off world in Starfleet. They sort of imply that he has a jerk stepdad, yada yada, whatever. So this is a different Kirk,
2: not a stack of books with legs. No, no. definitely
3: not. And so I think the problem is this has become the current idea of Kirk, right? Yes. Because again, it was really pop. I mean, Star Trek: The i was super popular. It was a with with non-truckies too. It was very popular, a crossover kind of thing. So, of course, that now that's in the zeitgeist, right? That like, oh, that's what Kirk is. Kirk is this impulsive, mm-hmm. rule breaking dude. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from Alt Kirk, you know, growing up in the Kelvin universe.
1: But then from the, you know, real life side of things, it comes from that being the pre existing
3: right? Um, and stereotype. Then working
1: it. Yeah. And, and then, they, then, then they ran with it. They ran, yeah. ran with that stereotype. And then, but now mm-hmm. it's like, even though yep. it is a different universe, it's still sort of canonized, you know what yep. I mean, in the minds of people who just again don't question that stereotype.
4: Right. It's right. easy so, to,
1: to not it's easy to not question it because it's so right. pervasive.
3: Right. So here we are. <laughs> it just got like reified by this oh you know, Star Trek 09. And then they actually it's unfortunate too because of course, um, if you actually watch all three Kelvin films, he does mature. He does. <laughs> he does well, get better. That's and you what learn I was some lessons.
2: It's like, so they're t- t- still talking about doing a fourth one. Although who yeah. knows if we'll ever see it, but yeah. it's yeah. possible. Yeah. And Chris Pine has gotten older.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, looking better, I think, than ever. Um, and so I think that that is going to be part of If they do it, I feel like that's going to be a big part of his character. That They can't pretend they haven't aged. They can yeah, oh, pick yeah. up the right where they left that. off. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that they would show a more seasoned version of Kirk.
3: I would hope so. I think so.
2: Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, they definitely yeah, already trended
1: so. that way, especially in Beyond. They yeah. set him up at yeah. the beginning as this guy who's become immersed in routine of being a captain and very serious. and.
0: Yeah, I mean, Pine is in his early 40s now, isn't he? So it's like... Yeah. Yeah, to be carrying on like some... Like he's twenty five. Yeah,
1: because like
2: yeah. he was with two women or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the people who created those movies only knew the stereotype. That was it's very clear.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: So. It is. It is.
3: Agreed. Uh, so kind of related to this new idea of of Kirk, of Kirk and yes. you know where it all comes from, mm. um. There's a two things. One is an in-universe quote, and one is an out-of-universe, you know, like real-world quote that I think we should bring up. Um, I, always, I thought it was interesting that uh, Pike has been called a Boy Scout, you know, which I, which is kind of a good juxtaposition. But it kind of amuses me because remember in Star Trek II, David Marcus thinks kirk might be an overgrown boy scout which he's not and of course carol says listen kiddo jim kirk was money things but he was never a boy scout right so i think that also can be taken two different ways and the people who think he's not wholesome like he's an impulsive you know womanizing jerk that confirmed that for them because boy scouts are wholesome right Hmm. i guess Now, that's not what I, you know, I've never taken it that way. That's
2: not what David Marcus meant when he said it.
3: I've exactly, I've never taken it that way. And I don't think that was the intention at all. But I think you could see it that way, you know, in the current zeitgeist that sort of could reinforce that. I mean, I just took it as he's not this straight laced dork, basically. Straight laced
0: military type.
3: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, that's all that means. Like, and so it's kind of interesting that in the current era of things, Pike is now a Boy Scout. Kirk is most definitely not, but in a different, like not in the way that they meant in Wrath of Khan. Um, it's just kind of weird. Like it, it's this weird, like you took the wrong lesson, you know, the wrong idea from that statement almost. Um, and then of course there's a there's a quote from Akiba Goldsman, you know, Koshan and Roder of Worlds, where this really tells you what he thinks about Kirk. Um, where he says Jim Kirk is the young boy's fantasy of a Star Trek captain. He's brash, impulsive. He knows the rules, but doesn't follow them. He's a swashbuckler. Pike is a thoughtful man of reason who builds consensus. This is supposed to sort of show the difference between the two captains. Yeah. I
2: think Kirk was a thoughtful man of reason who built consensus. Right?
0: Absolutely. Uh, me He's, too.
1: quote is insulting.
2: He was yeah. always getting buy in. Always.
0: At least from you Spock, know. if no one else.
2: At least from Spock. But I mean, if you look at him. Return to tomorrow with Sargon. That one. That ho- that whole speech, the risk is our business speech, is all about getting everybody to agree. And he says, I won't do yeah. it if you guys don't agree. I'm not gonna that's do right. it. Right.
3: That's that's a hundred percent right. Yeah. It's not like he's like, here everyone, go do this stuff. He totally Yeah. It's consensus. So yeah, I don't think that's right at all. Uh, and it's and it's kind of frustrating to hear that because it just again, where 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 is this? This is this is the st- this is the zeitgeist misconception,
0: not the real character. Yes, yeah, well, so this is, the, and this is one of the showrunners of the new show saying that. And that's that's frustrating to hear because yeah. of that. Here's mm-hmm.
2: what's interesting though: like I really didn't like Paul Wesley's Kirk in the yeah. in Strange New Worlds at all. Like I didn't, yeah. and and mostly for the most part because I thought he just there was no spark. Yeah, you know, he doesn't like, have
3: the charisma that Pine or Shatner Yeah, had, no, there was How nothing. Coming,
2: I felt like just nothing coming out of him at all. Yes. Um, except a little bit of an annoying Jim Carrey vibe, but that was it. He <laughs> yes. yeah. 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 But yeah. that said, <laughs> when I hear what he the actor says about kirk yes he does know who kirk is yeah
4: he
1: does, yeah there's in those a, interviews he's th- got a better idea there's an excellent breakdown of an interview on our website on um, trackmovie.com go check it out um where there's a there's a ton of stuff and i think this might be what you're referring to Lori, because i read yeah. that um i reread that again a couple of weeks ago and um it's just like wow yeah what a juxtaposition with how he came across on screen
2: Oh my God. Like not that it's not what he described at all. And who knows what he, I don't know what he had in his head when he did it. I don't know if I haven't ever seen him in anything else. I don't know if he has that spark. Like to me, it just wasn't, it could have been anybody and it was just a a sort of characterless person.
1: After, after reading what he had said about Kirk, I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to give him some benefit of the doubt, right? Can the episode was a little bit awkward, particularly for his character.
4: Yeah, because of the it, way it was
0: structured. Yeah,
1: it, I mean, I also did not like him in the role as an actor, but I also didn't like the way that his the things his character was given to do. Yeah. I, I think I liked what they were they were trying. It feels like they were trying to show this really uh, the ingenuity and creativity.
3: They were trying to. They were
1: trying, to, yeah. and I like that they tried, but it was very it, just the way the episode was written. It was it was a little bit. Him um, fisted in terms of putting that character in, he just like would show up and like do this big thing and then go away again. And so maybe it's just that the episode was was awkward. I think it's the episode for the I character. Think the
2: episode was awkward, but the the other thing they forgot to put in that episode was Kirk's crew was always so important to him, and yeah. it doesn't matter that yeah, it's a never different see ship. Them. He did everything solo. Yeah, like, that was all super
1: himself. weird. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So I had a million issues with that, but. And I have been very nervous about the fact that he's going to be in so much of season two. Yeah. But when I read what Wesley said, I was like, okay, at least I don't know if he can play it. I hope he can, but at
1: least he knows it. At least he gets it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now whether the writing staff gets it is another story, but we'll see. Well,
1: um, yeah. And can I do? The, can I bring up the the Anson Mount quote as well while we're talking by all about means. real world stuff? So um, Anson Mount obviously plays Christopher Pike on Strange New Worlds. Um, was talking about the difference between um, Kirk Picard and his character Pike. He says, quote, this is a very broad way of putting it. At least he said that. But if Kirk represented machismo and Picard represented intellect, I want Pike to represent the heart. And from the standpoint of someone engulfed in the world of making Strange New Worlds show... I can see, th- I want Pike to represent the heart. I can see that. But to say that Kirk is machismo and Picard is intellect is just. Uh, like, short changes both characters. It's, short- it's just yeah, so, yeah. it's just so oversimplified that it, yes, it short changes both characters. Yeah.
0: I mean, I get that Anson, because I've heard variations of that. That is a PR talking point. Oh, of course. There. Yeah. I mean, I've heard other people say variations on what he said too. So, yeah, look, I get it. Look, here's the thing there have been so many starship, Star Trek captains at this point. You're trying to find a way to make these characters different, different, from each
2: other. yeah, and they well, do with Pike. When, uh, but, but you know who had right. heart? Jay Way, yeah, Janeway.
0: yeah, yeah. Right. they all did. And well, they they all did. Cisco,
2: Cisco, 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 had car- heart.
0: Cisco cared
3: a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cisco had it a just, lot of heart, in a Archer, way. they all yeah. have heart, of course, they yeah. have heart.
1: Arthur Archer has faith of the heart, guys. <laughs>
3: yes, he does. That's right.
4: <laughs> <Well>
1: <laughs> said, the, heart, the heart is taken.
4: Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and yes, you know every character represents many things and one thing, and the the id and the ego and the super ego, blah blah blah, whatever. And you can assign these one world weird things. And honestly, Picard represents intellect. I will let that slide. But Kirk represents machismo. That part sucks.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I didn't yeah. There's there's got to be a better word for it.
0: Cuz that's ambition? Yeah, maybe there. Yeah. I have to tell you guys he's been my favorite character since I was a little boy since I was 6 years old. Sure, yeah. I would not have gravitated toward him and stayed gravitated toward him if he was some frat boy. Agreed. Douche. Right.
4: Hundred um, percent. I don't like. I don't like those kind of people in real
0: life, right? I, See, I, don't, exactly, I don't like those kind of people, like, people in real life. I'm not going to gravitate towards someone as a role model who's like right. that. He's yeah, not. That's that, not who he is. No. And no. I right. just. I was, just, a, I was right. a little like,
2: girl watching Star Trek and the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Like these were go. my big and Mash, right. mm-hmm. which <laughs> was. Which had a lot of flaws sort of in the sexism department, particularly at the beginning. Especially the and early then years, within yep. that show actually examined them.
0: Yep. Right. Which
2: was interesting. And so for, I would not have loved him and hero yeah. worshiped him and there's valued no him for all these years. Like I've been a
1: feminist since I was a kid.
4: Right. And you love so, yeah, Captain Kirk. No way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I grew up with next generation and then came into the original series because of, that was my introduction into the world of star trek right. but mm-hmm. i came in with the stereotype already existing of kirk is yeah. a womanizer blah 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 and i always had that in my head so you know when i said early in the pod i mentioned how like you guys really opened my eyes to that that's like oh you to understand how important that is to me because i feel like you guys have opened this character for me that i like had this block in my mind from being able to examine who he really was and from not have been having been as close to TOS as I've become now, mostly through you guys, um, I did I would have seen these quotes from Akiva and Anson Mountain just been like, oh, yeah, totally, uh, frat boy Kirk, just like Star Trek 09. Like, yeah, right nail on the head, ha, ha, ha. You know, William Shatner, blah, 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 whatever, you know? Like, that was just because I grew up with that and, again, didn't question it until you point out these things that are facts, things that have happened like in Kirk's history and like who he actually is. And then I had to go back and re-examine all that. So I've become a very big fan of Captain Kirk, whereas before he was just action hero guy. And now he's like a whole person for me.
2: I w- It's almost this like, there are also all the tropes about William Shatner's acting sort of follow us. Yes. Similar. Yes. Right? Can't right? Absolutely. Oh, paper true. Bag. Like, yes, there are those moments that we all know. And I grew up making pain faces because of William Shatner's pain faces for sure. <laughs> like we used to do them all the time, but when you rewatch his acting is great and there is subtlety there and there, there's so much going on in his face all the time
0: and he carries and, the and show. his
2: body language. So, sure. That is also like a myth that he's a bad actor. 100%.
3: Yes. I mean, occasionally he can get a little like Easy. over the top, but, but you know what? But like the show can get time, over
1: the top. Like, yeah. the show,
3: right? I mean, that's the thing. It fits the show. Yeah. 90% of the time it totally fits and it's fine. Like yep. whatever.
0: And when they yeah. got into the movies, he dialed all that way back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Except for the, you know, God, but, well, yeah.
2: Yeah. which is but fabulous. That-
0: which is great. Yeah, we're yeah. that that's it's iconic. One time that's it's, allowed. iconic. Yeah. it's iconic. Yeah. That's
3: allowed then. Yeah.
0: So But like the motion picture, he is very subdued in the motion picture. Almost yeah. too subdued yeah. at times. Yeah, almost too, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, everybody's a little subdued except McCoy.
0: That's true.
1: <laughs> everyone's very yeah, everyone's the mood of that movie is very like Base? Maybe everyone's it's like somber. a little it's a bit obsessed. Movie. the whole movie. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's that whole movie. They're all estranged from each other for right. a few, anywhere between a, like a few months to a, f- a couple of years, kind of thing, depending on who you are. Yeah,
1: and all the reunions are really like awkward. sour and awkward. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and oh, yet and the movie, but yet, by the end of the movie,
0: by the end of the movie, it's
3: okay. They got their vibe back. They got their vibe
0: yeah. back again, and the Enterprise warps out of orbit and goes to explore new life and new civilizations.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's they had to do it. I mean, I'm I'm glad they did it that way.
0: Yeah, you had to, the characters have to change a bit. Um, And one of the things I do like about the character of Kirk too is that he does make mistakes. He's a flawed character. Like, even talking about the motion picture, I mean, what he does to Decker is not great.
1: No. (laughs) Right.
0: I mean, Starfleet gives, sanctions it when he does it, but he still does it.
1: He stole that Mm -hmm. command from him. He
0: pushed Decker aside and took over, and obviously, when you watch the movie, in the course of the movie, it's clear that that was actually the right decision, but still, I mean, that shows how driven Kirk is, how obsessive Kirk is. Yeah, I mean, oh, McCoy yeah. tells him he's obsessive. Oh yeah,
4: yeah.
2: But even on the original series, he makes mistakes and then he owns up to them.
0: Yeah. Yes.
4: Yes. Absolutely. And
2: that's a big deal too. Even me, look what I did. Like he says it. I can't believe I thought this. I can't believe I did this. Should yeah. I have done this? And he's questioning it all the time. Which honestly, people in twenty twenty two don't do. <laughs>
3: yeah. True true I mean and that's the thing right he's got like he's got McCoy who you know he's he he's got that kind of relationship with McCoy feels free to barge his quarters and tell him tell him his advice anyway right like and that's okay like Kirk you know allows that accepts that and that's great you know and so again like no Kirk doesn't act impulsively and without you know consulting people that's not really how that works you know uh, and, and like you said, the the whole thing where he can also admit when he's wrong. Um, one of the scenes that I was reminded of in Star Trek Two that's so great is, of course, like he gets caught with his britches down as he says, yep. and then he turns to Savik, who he snapped at for quoting orders, and says, "You go on, you go right on, you go on, keep quoting regulations." Yeah, because you know what he realized? Oh yeah, the regulations for a reason. She was doing her job as like you know part of his staff, like reminding him. And guess what? But actually, he, he screwed didn't,
0: up. Yeah, but actually, he didn't stop her. Spock stops her from reciting the regular. Oh, movie. that's
3: true. But then he says, but "Kirk doesn't go say." Ahead. Yeah,
0: yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You're right. But then he goes, "Okay, you you go right on ahead because guess what? <laughs> she was right actually, right. to be yeah. cautious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he, and Spock's you know,
2: stopping her for Kirk.
3: Yeah, really. I mean, like that's right. oh, that's yeah. right. that's for Kirk's sake. Yeah, yeah. And so." Either way, yeah, you're right. So so either way though, this is Kirk going, Yep, this was the wrong call. (laughs) We got almost blown out of the sky for it. So you're right. Like keep on quoting those regulations. Like because, you know, even he's even though he's an admiral and has, you know, whatever, thirty years of experience at that point in the Starfleet, like he's he's, you know, you can be wrong. You can be clout judgment can be clouded. Khan just showed back up. Yeah. Carol Marcus, you know, the is you know calling for help like that's gonna mess with your head you know like
4: mm-hmm.
0: and then he rewards her you know when she posts that regulation about no flag officer she'll beam into a hazardous area without armed escort and he goes there's no such regulation and she looks at him and he goes oh okay come on gonna- <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> all right yeah
3: <laughs> and see that's that's the warm like you know team building like guy that I would serve under, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, no question. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: So did we miss anything?
3: Um, the only thing that we might want to just hit on is I, I like the stuff that um, where uh, there's actually, a, well, I'll link to it too. There's a blog post from 2017 that I re- remembered and finally found a couple months ago this, that's called James T. Kirk is actually a feminist, which I really like. Oh, yeah. And it talks about. yeah. yeah. And it talks about, when you brought this up in your article too, about he has that great discussion with Charlie and Charlie X about no means no, you know, the whole thing. Where, there are a million
0: things in the world. You can have and a million things you can't. And that's just the yeah. way life is. And he,
3: and he, and he, you know, and he has a really good about boundaries and like respect. Um, and this, uh, this other blog post also reminded me that he has a whole uh, discussion about reproductive rights out of a not very good episode <laughs> in season three, the Mark of Gideon. Oh God.
0: Um, i haven't seen that in so
3: long it's it's it it is not good but there is this whole thing (laughs) where he pushes back on the fact that they're gonna kill odonna because she can be infected with a virus so they can kind of take out some of the population because they're overpopulated he's basically like uh yo birth control and they're like no and he's like you crazy you know like (laughs) this is a so anyway there's a whole there's a whole thing with that but it's just, it's, it's nice. And of course they also, this blog post of course talks about, you know, his exes all being, you know, high power driven people yeah. that he didn't just, you know, it's the same, some of the same points we already had, but it's just, it's just nice to see because there is some reevaluation out there. Not a lot, but there is some.
2: The thing with his exes, there's only one outlier in that group that I never understood even as a yeah. kid when I watched yeah. it, which is Ruth, who he dated Ruth, at the right. Academy. Right. And it's, you know, part of it, I assume, is like it's surely even so it's a recreation of her. Like Finnegan maybe wasn't just a guy who like giggled and beat people up. (laughs) Right. That's what's in Kirk's head. but that's say There's something a little limited there, but she was the most like soft spoken, plastic looking, looking like she spent most of her day making sure that her hair was just right. Yeah. That
0: crazy. So so I might have an idealized notion of. Who he saw right. her as? I, as a I young mean, man. I mean, yeah.
3: there's but, a reason why the camera goes soft focus. Not just because you know that was the style right. too, but come on, like that's definitely his hazy memories. But there things. was
2: mm-hmm. nothing there. Like you'd think he'd nothing. remember something interesting yeah. about her. So she, she was, was the only one that just seemed to exist only in reflection of yeah. him. Oh, Jim
0: yeah a little soft voice oh yeah totally. but all
2: the other women were great and interesting yeah
0: this is (laughs) non-canonical but in david goodman's biography of kirk he he, there's a whole bit in there about ruth and -hmm. ruth's a bit older than him and they meet while he's at the academy and he's at that point you know very driven and very shy and hasn't had a lot of life experience yet and she Mm -hmm. was kind of that for him like she kind of brought him Uh. along into adulthood almost
4: did she have a job? Emotionally,
0: sexually, all of it. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, right. but I mean, that's the way Goodman kind of writes it that she was like very important in terms of nurturing him as he was because he was so young and kind of clueless right. when he got to the academy. Hmm. So he may just be looking at her in an ideal way. I, I think
3: he's and, trying to find a good way to use that character. Yeah. Because yeah. you would never get that from
0: the weird little. No, show no, that. absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. So she could have been somebody. F- yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
3: I like, I like what David Goodman did with her, but it's not on the screen, unfortunately. It's
0: a great episode. I love Shore Leave. It's so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. Shore Leave's a lot of fun, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's a pretty sexist episode, particularly. Yes, it is. But it it's is, also sure. a lot of fun.
0: Right. Yeah, no notion of going to a planet like that and having your, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: Everything is a little too real kind of a thing. Yeah. It's a real. silly episode, but it's Yeah, fun.
2: very silly. I like silly episodes.
3: But to get to the point that yeah, Kirk was bullied. You know, let's just let's just circle back to that for a second. So no, he wasn't the I, you know, this, because you know when you say machismo, that actually means something. That's that's a that's a specific like kind of brings to mind specific qualities. Uh, if this guy was a walking stack of books and was bullied, that's not what you think of when you think, you
0: know, machismo. machismo. Yeah. So, exactly right. right. Exactly yeah. right. And he clearly resented the bullying because when he had a chance huh. to, he beat that shit yeah. out of Finn yeah. Well, as soon as he realized he wasn't real too, I think he was like, sweet, yeah. let's just
3: go for it's, it. Yeah. work forces. it out. Yeah. Some right. That's part of yeah. it too,
2: is he realized he wasn't real and that yeah. gave him, then he realized what he existed for and he existed right. for him to yeah. beat up.
4: Yeah. So that's he's, why he's the
0: nerf it. bats and therapy joke you know mm-hmm. like I, i've always whatever. wanted to beat the tar out of finnegan
4: right yeah the tar
3: <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to say something else but this was 60s primetime exactly we couldn't say that's yeah, right now he'd be able to say it so he'd be able to say <laughs> it yeah <laughs> well yeah so i think i think we've had a pretty thorough discussion here about how jim kirk is not the sort of zeitgeist stereotype. Yeah,
0: I, I one one more thing is related to Strange New Worlds. I hope that they are going to examine him as a smart and ambitious young officer when they I have hope him so. in Strange yeah. New Worlds, and don't turn him into some macho, hot-headed douche. I'll yeah. be very disappointed if that's what they do. I'm very, very disappointed. If yeah, that's what they, the, they
1: go. I mean, I, I wish yeah, that I mean, the, he just wouldn't be in the show, but yeah, he's. well,
3: I mean. Yeah, that's the other problem is you can't write him to be too amazing because it's Pike show, right? Right. And so we'll always have a problem. There'll always be a problem.
1: It's very that. weird to so me that they that he's going to be heavily featured. the fact that he's appeared
3: is he, he, he
2: going to be very very heavily featured to me? He's going to be in a lot of episodes, I think. Yeah. Is
0: he? I thought I was under the impression there's only a few coming out of the season opener. No.
2: Well, given so there are let like ten episodes in a season. Right. Yeah. He was at Comic Con doing all that stuff with them on panels. And it sounds like he has an ongoing storyline just from the interviews that they've given. Um, Christina Chung talks about working with him a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get the impression that it's a lot. And he's the one he said, but it is the Pike show. It is the Pike show. Don't, forget that or something, but I just, it does make me nervous, and also because Strange New Worlds already has a lot of really great characters, and a lot of characters who don't all get screen time anyway. yeah,
0: They need service already. Yeah, I am of the opinion Strange New Worlds works best when it's not worried about canon connections and all this
4: other stuff. When it's just trying to to be its own thing. Strange
2: New (laughs) World. right.
3: I know. Right. It's like, in the title, people. <laughs> it's
2: their title, and I really want them to do it because I love it so much when they do that and they do something new and different and or when they pick characters that don't have a rich backstory so that there's more leeway. Like, pick someone that you can actually play with. Like Uhura.
0: Right, like Uhura. Uhura's been... Watching Perfect. Uhura grow has been great.
1: Yes, it yep. has. Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah there are but certain don't things like her
1: like, Kirk. like just, just I mean go we've off and do that. your own
0: thing guys
1: we've we're yeah. past that now that point because it's happened but I don't know man I just wish they hadn't for
0: the show and I,
2: think, I think they're gonna keep adding I think we're gonna get I Scotty I think we're gonna get McCoy eventually like
0: McCoy I might think. be a little trickier because McCoy's not really on the enterprise until the series proper started because he's not in where no man has gone before.
2: I know, but I don't think that is
3: a fact.
0: That, that that probably won't stop. Them. Yeah, that's they're, true. This they're is, bending stuff. That's true. This isn't a Kiva Goldsman show. So
3: Yeah.
0: Um, anyway, I, I do have hopes that they will do right by the by the character. Yeah,
2: I think yeah. I mean, Paul Wesley we Paul Wesley is just Yeah,
0: right. Right. Paul yeah. Wesley seems to have an understanding of where it needs to go. So hopefully that was reflected in the writing and that's where he's yes. taking his talking points from, is from the experience he had on set. Yeah, you
1: know? that's true. Yeah, I hope so. so so So. thinking about wrapping this up what if if you're listening to this podcast right and you have you want to go learn more about kirk you want to go re-examine your thoughts about kirk what's like one thing you should read or watch one episode you should watch or one movie you should watch what would you guys say or a book you should read or um or an interview you should read
3: i would say wrath of khan Mm uh-huh if you just want to go watch a movie because it's darn entertaining anyway and and also just gives you a good snapshot like some of the things some of the moments we were just talking about come out of that movie anyway and you can see his kind of relationship with an ex you can see how he deals with the son you know you can see how he deals with aging you know i mean there's a lot of stuff that like Mm -hmm. Uh, you know that's where the Kobayashi Maru and sort of cheating it, which is also another infamous part of like his character, yeah. right? But notice that he cheats it, and it takes a while, but he pays for that. Yes, Fifty, you know, it, it, you know, years later in Wrath of Khan, he essentially pays the price for not truly facing
1: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
3: again, he learns a lesson. It took a while. And, it, you know, it's just interesting, like, there there are consequences and sort of, you know, sort of cosmic karma, right, about these things that come back. And so he's not getting away with being impulsive or a cheater or whatever, not no. in the long run.
0: But he, he's also learning he has to deal with that huge mistake he made with Khan. Yes. Yeah. Exa- oh, true. Of course. Duh, how could we forget that? That right. was a huge mistake right. he
3: made. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I think that's a really good choice. Mm-hmm. I think. Balance of Terror, if yeah, you haven't already seen other it, one. of course. Yeah, Balance of yeah. Terror. Please yeah. yeah, yeah, go terror. watch that. I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard It's hard to pick, but I would say those two for sure go watch.
2: I also, have, having just done an insane deep dive um, on Day of the Dove with the Enterprise Incidents podcast, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. which I just did yesterday, um, he's really thoughtful on that episode. And as he's being manipulated by that creature, he's noticing the effect on himself.
4: And he's fighting
2: back every violent impulse that this thing is actually trying to get him to explore. He's fighting back and using his intellect and his brain and paying attention when Spock says something important. He's listening and he's thoughtful about everything that he does. Like he loses it a couple times and that's not because that's who he is. It's because he's being affected by an outside force. So that's a good one too, I think.
3: Agreed. Well, then of course, like if you want to see him actually like fall in love with someone... (laughs) in a good way, like, go watch City on the Edge of Forever. Yeah. Just yep. go
2: watch that anyway. It's so
4: good.
0: I'm due for a rewatch of that. It's been a few years.
3: I know people rank that really highly. I've never thought it was, like, tops, tops. Like, it's up really? there. Really?
1: It's yeah, tops I, for me. Uh, but I love the City.
3: relationship part is fantastic. And, like, that I get. That's, the that's like, his true love. Like, I get that. but
1: I've I think always it's just such kind of a
3: good
2: like, story, too. I think it's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of, for me as a kid, made like set up some time travel rules for me in a big way that I feel like I can't shake. Like the fact that as soon as McCoy goes through The Guardian, everything's changed right then. And I feel like that's my view of all time travel stuff has to be like that. So I like (laughs) shows like Timeless that do that. And I don't like when shows don't
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think Balance of Terror is probably if you had to watch one thing, I think to me that's the quintessential episode, Kirk yeah. episode because yeah, you agree. see the moments of heroism, you see the moments of uncertainty. I mean, you learn a lot from him just like when he's in his quarters with McCoy, and he he he's pretty. Uncertain about what he's doing, that he yeah. could easily yeah. he, get a lot of people killed if he screws no, up.
3: He, he's very aware of so, the gravity. So, so the it's situation.
0: not like he's throwing his chest out and thump and thumping and going, "Okay, we're gonna go and we're gonna deal with this and we're gonna kick some ass and it's gonna be great." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's very, very reticent about the whole thing. Yeah. And-
3: mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he knows it could start <laughs> a galactic war basically if they do this wrong. He knows it's a big
0: deal, right? And, and this, it's also yeah. one of the few episodes where you see the strain of it actually weighing him down. Yeah. you don't see that very often either so it to me that's a that's a great episode of yep you know and I at agree. the end he has to console uh angela angela martine Martin when her husband dies and like he there's a lot of commander kind of things for kirk to do mm-hmm. in that particular episode
3: and of course there's the no bigotry on the bridge. Yes. With styles. That's yeah. styles. Yeah. So great with styles. I and, mean.
2: and it also shows how he can be all of those. He can be introspective. He can have self doubt. And yet at the same time, he's still larger than life in the sense that he's having a very personal relationship with the command with a Romulan commander.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that. Communicating. Gets very
2: uh-huh. personal. Yeah. In a good way, and it's because yeah. like they can, their personalities are being expressed through their ships and through their actions. Through
0: their actions, yep. So it also right. shows
2: how he is one with the Enterprise. I think.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, totally. you know, I, I hadn't thought of this till now, but I wonder if they got the inspiration from that from the Cuban Missile Crisis because Kennedy and Khrushchev were kind of communicating through the moves their militaries were making yeah. for a while, when they, especially in, in the, the naval in the sea encounters, like there was a lot of. Hmm. A lot of things being said without being said. And I, I wonder if they got that from.
2: It wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah. What about you, yeah. Kay? What do you, What would you think is your quintessential Kirk?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's a combo. I think it's balance of terror, but I think it's also City on the Edge of Forever because those are two different but important parts of his personality. So, sort of starship captain side and the side who's a human man.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. And
2: idealistic.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and very idealistic yeah yeah
4: yeah
3: that's true so yeah there you go go watch those two and i think you'll have a really great idea of who kirk really you know
0: search for spock is not a bad one either for watching you know
3: well that that's the next time right then then you watch two three make yourself you know one day watch you know a couple of episodes the next day
0: he's willing to throw away everything he ever built for spock so yeah
3: yeah
2: because he loves him yep he has love he has a huge heart hello Yep, he loves.
0: Yeah, I mean,
3: really, like there's nothing he wouldn't do for for Spock and McCoy. No, nope. yep. so let's be real; yep. those two specifically, like
0: he—he's BFFs. Mm-hmm. So, do we have anything else?
3: No, I think that's it. Though I think those are great recommendations for anybody who wants to get a quick primer.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I hope we uh, we made a case for our far- so our, our farm know. boy from Iowa. I'm yes. sure we missed
1: a ton of stuff. So tell us in the comments.
0: Yeah. 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 And tell us your feelings about the character and your favorite Kirk moments. We'd love to hear all that stuff. So.
1: And hopefully we'll see you in Las Vegas. Yes. Vegas oh coming God. up very quickly.
0: We'll all be there. We'll all mm-hmm. be there. So if you see us, please don't hesitate to say hi. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: Yes, And thank you, Laurie, for joining. Yes. Very thank glad you glad again you for joining us, Laurie. Yes. Yeah. And
2: thanks for inviting me. It's always fun.
0: And we will see you guys in a couple of weeks.
2: See you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.
0: Bye, everybody.